eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast PGA Championship Round 3 Instant Recap. And I'm surrounded by two gentlemen who are on the scene. Let's bring them in. Doug Bell, you are giving us a view of the cypress trees. How goes it in San Fran? I tell you, Rick, uh, I love San Francisco. I'm from the southeast where it's hot and humid in the summer. In fact, it's hot and humid all the time, I think. But uh, I like coming out here. It's refreshing. And I'm actually cold. Uh, that's nice for me. It really is. And these cypress trees, I want to cut one down and take it home. That, that, that would be sweet if I go home to Alabama with a cypress tree. I'd be the only person. Yeah, I don't That'd think it'll survive very long, but you could get it there. Uh, Mark Immelman appears as if he is bundled up. A little chilly for you there, Mark? I'm I'm like I'm like Doug. I I live in Georgia. I am as happy as a lark right right now. It, it was it was it was grim out there. You know, it was raw that wind coming off Lake Merced, and but when the fog was was rolling in, it's just, it's just majestic. And the pictures I thought on the broadcast were awesome. And and I'm enjoying being chilly. August being cold. This is like heavenly for me. And from the top rope, joining us. Right here, middle of the intro. I don't know if anybody else caught that. KP, Kyle Porter jumps to the scene. What up, KP? Not much. I'm fired up for Sunday. I want, <laughs> I want like three more days of this. It's so good. We got to work on getting that eight-round major. You know? Yeah. No, 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 no. Let's let's keep it to four with no playoffs tomorrow, please. <laughs> Mark's trying to get out of town. All right, let's jump into this. Uh, Dustin Johnson, your leader, one shot clear of Scotty Scheffler, one shot clear of Cameron Champ, goes out and shoots a 65 with, oh, by the way, uh, a double on number nine. So not a bad day, Doug, for Dustin Johnson, who I don't know if you got this vibe, but it was like, it's been a very quiet, a quiet ascension to the top of the leaderboard for Dustin, Dustin Johnson this week. Yeah, nobody was talking about him. You're right. Uh, and I think that's because he went 80-80. He did the Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice at Memorial and then uh, withdrew from 3M after three in the water. Uh, so, yeah, everybody was kind of almost laughing about DJ. Like, you know, I mean, it's crazy DJ. He wins Travelers and then he loses his game. But he certainly found it. And the putter was great today, Rick. And I know you have those numbers. He's number one in strokes game putting, only 24 putts, hit 140 feet of putts. And it's just been a phenomenal week. It wasn't just a phenomenal day. It's been a great week for him. I think probably one of the best putting weeks he's had uh, in many years. And if he keeps that going tomorrow, he's nine under. If he keeps rolling in birdies, I think he could maybe run away with this thing because 
he could be the only guy that gets to double digits. And, and I think that could be a big Today deal. was statistically uh, his best strokes gain putting round in at least the last five years. So you're dead on with that, Doug. Mark, uh, you know, to make this many birdies, I mean, you know how this course was playing. There, there, there were some low rounds out there, but it was also biting back at times. How impressive is eight birdies in a, in a, on round three at the PGA Championship at Harding Park? Uh, I didn't see that out of there. Uh, out there, you know, it was it, it was difficult out this afternoon. In fact, uh, walking up the final fairway, you know, when both because uh, I had the Jason Day Daniel Berger group, and when they both hit the ball on the green, Jason walks past me and he goes, "Jeez, it's hard out here, mate." And I was like, "Yeah, it really is." And Daniel Berger said the same thing. And then they, you sort of look up and you see Dustin Johnson shot the score, and it was incredible. And I actually had a, a conversation with Jason because he goes, it's funny, I didn't play very well and I was driving the thing everywhere, but I'm still in it. And I looked at him, I'm like, Jace, the way this place is shaping up right now, because we were, had the late groups coming in, you almost get the feeling that someone in about the third, fourth, fifth to last group can go out there, do something a little special, get past those grizzly stretcher holes, 12, 13, 14, 15, post something and maybe steal a major championship. And, and he looked at me and he goes, that's a good point. And then you can see the, mind, the guy's mind going, well, dang, I'm six and I'm going to be out in front of guys. So uh, maybe that's the guy. So it was, it was difficult out there. And that was some sort of playing because the whole locations were cut on perches. I mean, 11 and 12 were, 12 and 13 were downright miserable as two holes. And, and, and there was some playing by, by Dustin. He comes in in a four under 31, no bogeys on that nine KP. And I don't know. I don't know what it is about this guy who can go 80, 80, 78 WD from the three M. And Oh, by the way, maybe I'll just ho-hum win a major championship. Yeah, how about you and I basically legally declaring him and Brooks dead like three weeks ago? <laughs> that, that turned out really well. I think Yeah, that was, that was good. That was a good look for us. Um, so I have a DJ take, and my DJ take is that he needs – he almost needs, like, something bizarre at a major championship uh, to, to end up winning. I mean, remember the U.S. Open the, at Oakmont? Uh, he didn't know a score. Like, the last 14 holes or whatever, didn't know a score. Didn't, he didn't know where he was at on the leaderboard. I mean, it could have been this, could have been that, whatever. Uh, this one's weird because there's no fans. He apparently lost his yardage book. I saw No Lane Up tweeting about that, <laughs> which is like, I didn't know DJ had like a detailed yardage book with notes anyway. I was going to say, does he even have one? Uh, he does. Yeah. His brother. <laughs> he, uh, Will, Will Gray Will on Twitter said, DJ has a backup yardage book. That's like the most <laughs> surprising part out of, out of all that. Uh, he thrives when things are chaotic because – he just does what he does, right? And, and so, I don't know. I, I look at the, some of the numbers and you're like, ah, I don't know. Like, he's not – He's and he said this after his round. He's like, I'm not driving it, like, quite as good as I should be. And I think if he does that again on Sunday, it'll catch up to him a little bit. I mean, him and – here's what's weird. Him and Tiger didn't hit it that differently on Saturday. Mm. Uh, Tiger's two over. DJ shoots – what did he shoot? 65. Five. So it's a seven-stroke difference based on just the margins are really small. So I do wonder um, – I know we're going to talk about Kepka. I wonder how much they will be thinking about – maybe they won't think about it at all, but last year's PGA. Remember when yep. Brooks has this huge lead, 
DJ uh, runs him down, and Brooks started kind of melting down. I mean, he he. I can't remember what the exact numbers were, but he he played five holes and like four over or something like that. And all of a sudden, DJ is one or two back. I, I just – I wonder how much that I, – I hope it comes down to that because I, I think that would be cool. I don't think DJ's thinking about that at all. Do you think DJ? Do you think DJ knows where the 2019 PGA was played? <laughs> no, he's forgotten that a lot already. Uh, well, that is a professional segue into Brooks Kepka, who, uh, with our very own Amanda Balionis, had quite a quote in the post round interview. We'll play it for you right now. Just play solid golf. Just do what I'm. I've been doing. I feel like I'm right there. Um, you know, I just need a solid round, and you know, a lot of the guys in the leaderboard are. I don't think of one or um, I guess if only I guess DJ's only won one. Um, I, I, I don't know the other guys that are up there, but um, you know, it, a lot of experience, I guess, is what I can bring to it. And know that I've been in this position quite a few times uh, over the last couple of years and um, just play well. That was the longest pause I think I've heard in an answer in quite some time, KP. Kyle looks like a child. He's like me. me, me, me. <laughs> I I told uh, I said this on HQ to Doug. I am desperate to know what he was going to say it, during that pause because you could see him thinking about saying something and then he didn't say it. And I am dying to know what it was. I don't. I, it was probably some like more savage version of what he actually said. But yeah it, it's uh i mean he had another quote ryan lavner had it about how uh something about how uh somebody asked him is it hard to win is it harder to win your second major and he said well if you look at the top of the leaderboard it would it would appear that way uh, <laughs> referencing the fact that dj hasn't won his second major yet and it's like my gosh like what what like what's the deal here it, it's i i don't know it, it's there it's a lot he's He's fired up for tomorrow. So, Doug, I, I mean, it, it was pretty savage. Uh, the thing is, he's not really wrong. If you look at the first page of the leaderboard, he's got four major championships. DJ has one. Justin Rose has one. Jason Day has one. And that's it. Like, that's it. So he's not wrong here. No, I mean, he's <laughs> blunt. And we don't see that in golfers. Usually golfers are very nice. And they're politically correct. Uh, so he's blunt. <laughs> He's got Charles Barkley in him, which is fantastic. And I think when Tiger was at his height, uh, he was intimidating. And the people he played with or against uh, knew that. They knew he was the best, and they were intimidated. And I, and I think that won him a lot of tournaments. And I think Kepka kind of has a little bit of that. Although, I will say, the fact that there's no gallery, I think, takes a little bit of that away. And I think that's what he was kind of referencing there. He's used to playing in big-time moments. And I'm just telling you, it is a major. There's no question. But without a gallery, it takes some of that – I think it takes some of the pressure and the nerves off some of the guys who haven't been there. For example, a Scheffler, a Morikawa, some of these guys like that. I mean, they're just playing golf. That, that's my take. I mean, do you, Mark, do you agree uh, or disagree? Not really, Doug. Um, yes. Yeah, well, Here we go. I, I love it. it. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you guys. All of you play golf, right? You coming down the stretch in the member guest. There's nobody watching you, and you're in contention. Do the butterflies start going a little bit? Do you yeah. start feeling a little antsy? That's no. That, yeah. That's okay. the right no, take. That's yeah, the right if, take. If, I agree. You, I mean, no, that's so meaningful that you would agree with that take. Um, <laughs> 
no, when, when these guys are, they are going to, the guys in contention, they're not going to sleep real easy tonight. Uh, tomorrow morning, they're going to be waiting, you know, you're trying to fill time until the late tea time in the afternoon. There's a lot of stuff going on. And when you're in contention for a major championship, even tonight, because now it gets real, okay? After Friday, you know, there's basically another 36-hole tournament on the go. But now you're 18 holes away from history. <laughs> Trust me, these guys are going to be nervous, galleries or not. Yeah, I agree. There is there is something interesting about the no galleries versus the galleries thing. It might take us a couple of years to look back and figure out what it was, but I think there's something to it. Uh, Doug, we're going to go right back to you here. Was there something that was a big takeaway for you on Saturday? I mean, the leaderboard got really bunched up. No one really extended. What, what stood out to you on Saturday? Well, what stood out to me are the scores, the good scores that I saw on a golf course that I thought was not going to yield good scores. Uh, you know, early, some of these guys went out. Justin Thomas, for example, got off to the fast start of the front nine and then stumbled a little bit on the back. And I thought that's how it was going to go the rest of the day. In fact, I thought JT 68 was going to hold up. And then suddenly a 66 came in, then some 65s came in. And, and then if you look at the top of the leaderboard, everybody's under par yeah. pretty much. Uh, so that was my takeaway. The golf course, you know, more birdies than I thought. And I think the same thing is probably going to happen on Sunday. So you have DJ at nine. And I know all those guys at six certainly feel, hey, listen, I'm right there. I think the guys maybe at five think, you know what? I think there's a low number out there. And that surprised me a little I, bit. I really like this one. And, Mark, I want to get your thoughts on it because I think it applies very well to uh, kind of Daniel Berger's situation where I think the mar Kyle said, like, the margins are so small. Being on the wrong side of the hole or being on the wrong side of the fairway, if you, if you put the ball in position, you could have gone out there and shot a 65, a 67. But we saw guys like Justin Rose, Jason Day, Daniel Berger, Tommy Fleetwood all come in at an even par seven because they were just a little bit off yeah the the way i see the golf course panning out is that it, look you're not going to have the major mishap like the hemorrhage unless you lose a ball in a tree like hatong lee or something like that but you could paper cut your way to death if you're not careful over there and and to those yeah. fine margins you miss a fairway and the greens started you know phil on our show said the greens <laughs> weren't very firm yeah they, they weren't bounding through the back like um the u.s open or whatever but they got firm enough where if you were playing out of the rough it was hard to get the ball in there close and if you're having to make birdies to chase someone down it's a tough deal i mean the only real legitimate looks you get for birdies are 15, 16, 17, 18 coming in. Otherwise, you're hanging on for dear life. And if you're playing with a lead and you don't birdie 10, and then 11's not easy, then 12, you trip up 13, 14, all of a sudden you turn around, you're like, dang, I was in the lead by a few, and now I'm trailing by one. And then you try and force the issue, and you saw uh, Lee for argument sex on 16. Uh, just in between wedges, yardages over there, because you've got this gusty wind in off your left, which is it's going to expose any right-handed golfer. And I said this on, on the podcast last night, coming in with that left-to-right wind is difficult for all righties. So I, 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 I sort of have the sense that someone just a few out in front can post something and probably have a pretty legitimate shot at this thing. I like that. Yeah, the stretch from 11, 12, and 13 on Saturday played, by rough math, nearly a stroke over par. So it is a heck of a stretch there. Kyle, I'm going to turn this to you for your big takeaway from Saturday's round. 
there's so there's so many different ones. Probably that I owe Mark like I think a case of wine. Is that what we decided? <laughs> At least I think. Well, well, let, 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 let me for the listeners put this into perspective. <laughs> my, my dear boy KP. I mean, I, I love you. You just make these sweeping takes and some of them stick in your hero, and then sometimes you're like, Oh, whatever, you know, I just do this sort of stuff. And and before the show, folks, I'm getting ready to go out there. I'm in fact I'm on the golf course. And Carl comes through with us like Hey, Mark, you got uh, Hatong Lee's group. He's good for 77 today. <laughs> and no. I got back. I'm like, really, Kyle? <laughs> and that's how the whole thing started. Then what? all of a sudden, he starts backtracking on the 77. And he goes, no, well, there should be an over and under at about 75. Then producer Jacob chimes in with, well, it should be 74 and a half. <laughs> and I felt like I was getting ganged up on by a bunch of guys over here. Okay, so what did he – he ended up shooting 73 – it should have been a 75 to, to be fair. <laughs> because the shot on what was it, Rick? 12? Yeah. Oh, oh, he got super lucky. Okay, yeah. He hits one right into the cypress trees on 12 and it bounces like into the fairway. It went into the fairway. <laughs> Kyle, I should have been a millionaire, but I'm not, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I owe you does does uh does does Jim give like discounts to CBSSports.com employees on his wine, or do I have to do I have to pay full price? You got him on speed dial. Call him up. <laughs> now I'm going to let you slide, Cal, because in all honesty, that when you guys were coming with this modification of the big statement you made, I didn't even. By this stage, I'm like, well, screw this, and I put my phone off, and I didn't even take the bet. So I'm going to let you go no, on the. No, 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 no. But but what I want you to do is get that sign of yours that says, "Hey, JT, it's your countdown. Hold that up because it's not happening this week, boss." I got, here I got some things to erase here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I no, I, I owe you. I, I would have taken it at seventy five. I would have taken it at, at whatever, and. Uh, I just, you know, it was, to me for Hatong Lee, I don't know why I'm talking about Hatong Lee right now. It wasn't the range thing. It wasn't, Hatong Lee's a good player. I love Hatong Lee. It was the fact that he wasn't hitting it quite as well as his score indicated. And he saved himself with his putter a little bit on Friday. I just, I felt a big number coming. I, I, th- I actually thought his fight on Saturday was pretty good, given, given kind of where I felt like his swing was at. But what was your original question, Rick? I don't even know what I'm talking it about. It was, what is your takeaway from Saturday? <laughs> not, it's not how Tong Lee's swing. It was probably, I think it was Brooks finishing 3-3-3 because it felt like, it felt like it was hanging in the balance a little bit. It felt like, okay, DJ's in at nine. Brooks was reeling. He had, he had some bad shots on the back. And then he goes 3-3-3 and the shot on 18 was sick. I mean, the shot is to six feet or whatever. And you're like, okay, well, and then he gives like the, you know, the wink and the thumbs up. So I think it was to Ricky Elliott, to his caddy. And uh, it's like, well, I've seen this before, you know? So I don't know, man, I'm, I'm pumped for Sunday. I, I thought the way that Brooks closed out Saturday has me really fired up for what we're going to see on Sunday. I'm with you. I mean, what Brooks showed over there, cause he was the group in front of me. And you know, when you're doing this sort of stuff, I'm always like 20 yards ahead of the group that I'm calling. And I was just far enough in front of the way the, the holes stack out. You can see what's happening in front of you. And and all these left to right wins, Brooks was sort of hanging balls weakly out to the right-hand side. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is kind of the end of the, the road. And, yeah. again, I'm thinking of my one and done aspirations. Over here. <laughs> I picked him this week, okay? So did and, I. <laughs> so, but, but, but then, to me, it was th- – th- there's a time – and then, yeah, 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 I go. I'm sorry. 
here's, there's a time when you throw the statistical measures out of the window and the rubber meets the road. And what you saw over the final 45 minutes under some very difficult conditions was Brooks just showing guts, yep. resolve. I'm going to make something happen by hook or by crook. And there is going to be a time over the weekend, probably more than once, that the winner is going to have to do that. And the way this golf course is playing, if we get the same conditions tomorrow, it's more of the same. And that's my takeaway, Rick. It's like this place has been incredible as a major championship venue. And I'm just so pumped that a public golf course has, has posed such a complete test to, to the game's best. And man, uh, kudos to the PGA for bringing it here. And I hope they go to more public spots because it has been awesome here so far. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I, I think I think your point about like, you know, it's the whole it's the whole picture. It's not just like strokes gain putting on over like a three hole stroke. You gotta you gotta watch the golf. It's not just strokes gain heartbeats or whatever the thing is that you do. Uh, it's it's the whole, it's strokes lost sphincter tightening syndrome. <laughs> yes, that's what. My bad. The, the, thing, the thing I was gonna ask you, Mark, because it, it, or Doug or Mark. Did did either of you guys see uh, watch Morikawa on Saturday? Doug, yeah, he, yeah. Like if um, it if it blows like thirty on Sunday, he's gonna win because his iron play in the wind is unbelievable. And again, guys, listen. And I know you kind of poo pooed the theory that there's no gallery out here, and it. it, it, do it but, but I really. I really believe this is a different setting than any major I've ever been to. And it does have a major feel. There's no question about it. Um, although Tiger has to wear an all-access lanyard. <laughs> I don't hilarious. understand that. Why all-access lanyard on? But anyway, I digress. I, I just think a guy like Scheffler and Morikawa, uh, who haven't played in a lot of majors uh, as, as professionals, this is so different. And, and without a gallery, I mean, the gallery puts more pressure on you. It adds more intensity. That's why a guy like Brooks Kepka shines. So I, I think Morikawa and Scheffler and guys like that, uh, I think they have an advantage, or not an advantage, but they'll be more in their element tomorrow than normally they would be. And I really believe that just from being out here for a week. I also think, and I could be wrong here, I also think the more comfortable pairings that you get. We kind of saw Berger do this, Doug, uh, at Colonial. He goes out on Sunday with Harold Varner the third. That's a pretty uh, solid pairing with no fans. HV3 trying to get back into the winner's circle. Go out and get yourself in a playoff and see what happens. I, I think there is something to it. So I'll, I'll be on your side on this one, Doug. <laughs> I, I, I want to go there because... I agree. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I agree. I agree with the fact that the, the the fans and the galleries have a huge influence on the stuff, but they lift these guys' adrenaline. And you heard Paul Casey after his interview, and I've got to tell you, he's he, he's catching my eye the way he's playing right now. Um, Casey said, "I've just I'm finding it hard to lift myself because the galleries, when they get in behind you, especially for like a Woods." Or, or Brooks and these sorts of guys, they're used to the gallery being in behind them. And, and the gallery then lifts you through those rough patches. They, they, they get the adrenaline going. They keep you into it. They, keep the, they help you keep the intensity. So I, I hear exactly what you're saying, and I agree from that point of view. But trust me, when you're coming down the stretch and you look up at the leaderboard and you see yourself one back, <laughs> man, that thing goes like this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's there's the visual we needed it's a great visual for our youtube viewers um, and then that connects from there to your brain and then everything just starts shutting down we just lost youtube subscribers mark uh <laughs> rick what was your takeaway rick 
Um, mine was definitely that Brooks held it together. Uh, I, I thought that, I mean, he, he rolled a couple of putts that were one rotation from dropping and I, and I understand that happens to everybody on the course, but to, to muster what he did to keep himself in this, because it was a bad stretch on his second nine. And I was like, he's this, this might be it with DJ front running. This might be over. And to at least keep himself in it. I, I, that was, that was my takeaway from this. Um, hey, Doug, would you like to win $1,000 on Sunday? <laughs> okay. Well, there's yeah. no need to even put your own money at stake. Just go to cvsports.com slash golf props to play. A link is in the description, so you have no excuse. We have our final round showdown. It's live right now, and this is a question from it. We might have a couple of uh, biased answers here, gentlemen, but Doug, we'll start with you. What will the winning margin be? So your options are a playoff, one stroke, two strokes, or someone wins by three or more. Well, Rick, I think it's good. <laughs> and I know Mark. I don't even say, don't say it. <laughs> we're going to have a playoff. And it's not going to be a two-man. I think it'll be like a playoff. And, and we're going to – and the people on the East Coast will be up all night watching this. And it's just going to be – I think there's too many players for one person to emerge the winner. So I think we'll have a playoff on Sunday night. Let me, let me tell you, the last time someone on this podcast called a three-way playoff, it was Mark Immelman himself, and he was right about it, I think. Did we get to I was, remember, I wasn't on the call. I was sitting at home. I oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you guys can do that. <laughs> All right, Mark. So we know it's not going to be a playoff. What, what are we thinking here? One, two, or three, or more? Yeah, I think someone, I, I really do, because, you know, this golf course, it, it goes in sort of stretches. The first few holes... The first four or five holes you get after, and then six you hang on to a little bit. Then you get then then seven you can make a birdie. Then 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 eight and nine are just beasts. Then you can get ten, and then from eleven through fifteen it's hard, and then sixteen, seventeen, eighteen you can make some hay, and I have a sense that someone's going to make a birdie on the last hole to win by one. All right, we've got a playoff. We've got a one-stroke victory. Kyle, what do you got? I think it ends up being uh, like two. So, so we're going to take every option here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are you going, Rick? Um, my heart. I want a playoff. I'm sitting at home. I'll watch this all night. Give me as many holes as we need. <laughs> so I've talked, to, I've talked to Sean Martin about this, PGA Tour, Sean Martin. And his deal is always like, it always feels like a playoff when you've got 20 guys lined up. But it always seems like one of those guys just emerges at the end and wins by one or two. It, it almost feels like there's, it, there's more likely for a playoff if there's just two or three guys kind of going back and forth. But with so many guys, it, it always feels like one at the very end kind of emerges to, to win it. All right, well, we're going to decide who that one is going to emerge to win it. We're going to talk a little bit of Tiger Woods, but we're going to do that on the other side. First, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. We are contractually obligated, or at least maybe I am, to talk about the big cat 
Tiger Woods. Uh, Doug, it was not a great day for Tiger. Uh, he goes out and, you know, now for a couple days in a row, cannot get anything to drop with that putter. I actually think he made a couple of putts on 16, 17, and 18 to kind of maybe get a couple of feels going, but it has been just a lid stuck on the cup for him for a couple of days. You know, it's interesting. Uh, he chose his restart at Muirfield Village, the Memorial, and that setup was like a major championship, ridiculously hard. And then he comes to uh, Harding Park, a uh, major championship. So he's picked two really hard setups to return, and I think that certainly uh, has led to his mediocre play. We can call it mediocre. Uh, the putter hasn't been great. But, again, I think this is what we're going to get from him from here on out. Uh, in order for lightning to be caught in a bottle, it's just going to have to be one of those setups. And I think these are too difficult if he's not going to play any more than he already is. I mean, it's just we have high expectations, but for him to come to a place like Muirfield Village and Harding Park, having not really played competitively uh, weeks leading up to it, I mean, what are we really thinking? I mean, we all want him yeah. to win, right? But realistically, at 44 years of age, uh, I mean, you, you can't go out here and beat these guys doing, doing that anymore. I, I just don't. I think unless he plays more, and I don't think his back's going to allow it, I think we're going to see more play like this for the foreseeable future. I think at least a positive takeaway out of this, Mark, is we haven't really talked about his back at all, at least through three rounds. We haven't really talked about his back, which I guess is nice. Um, makes a couple of birdies coming in, but you know, Tiger Woods, he's graded on one thing. He's graded on major championships. He's in a tie for 59th right now. I don't know what do we expect on Sunday or what would be a good Sunday outcome for him? You know, I don't know. And I can't really comment on what he did today because we were shooting a few recorded bits before we went on the air. So I didn't get to see any of his round. But um, I was somewhat surprised he didn't play better today. Um, just because in terms of the back and what you referenced, Rick, when I've watched him play up close and it, he doesn't look encumbered. He doesn't look like he's struggling with the gates. Um, there's some decent speed going on now. Sound like Brandel Chambly. So, but, but the club head speeds up there and he's, he's let one or two of them go uh, in, in terms of really freeing up the driver. So physically he looks fine. And if there were conditions where it was going to expose one, it would have been here where it's damp and cold because if you're battling with injury, you'll know about it. Some, so, so health wise, he seems okay. I mean, there's just a strange sort of a lethargic look to him. The little bit that I saw on television, and maybe that's the gallery, Doug, where, where you know, he's so used to having, you know, everyone, this adulation and stuff, which lifts you. Maybe he's struggling with uh, your very point there. That's a really good point, actually. The guy who probably takes the most energy from the crowd, the guy who this no fans might impact or might just be different from. I don't know if it impacts him, but just might be different. Uh, Kyle, I want to go to you on this because you have been leading the charge, and I think rightfully so, kind of like play four times a year, play five times a year. I think it's a really good take. The only problem with that take is it doesn't work if you finish 40th and 50th. Yeah, uh, but in my defense, it's not so, – so the other thing that this – that ha not having a crowd hurts with Tiger is uh, the matted down lies in the rough, right? Normally, it, when you're missing fairways, true. you would have these matted down lies that not everybody else in, in, the, uh, in the field <laughs> is getting, which is interesting. Um, in my defense about that statement, I, the swing's pretty good. It's not, it's yeah. not great. It's not like where Kepka's at or Paul Casey's at or 
Colin Morikawa's at, but it's the putter. And so I, I don't know, and maybe Mark would be better on this. I, and he, I, I mean, he would be, and, and we can go to him on it, but I don't know if playing more rounds really, like, does that affect the putter that much? Because you're going to, and he talked about this on, on Saturday. He said, I'm really, I've never been good on slow greens that look fast. And so it, it, that doesn't seem to be like a play more rounds thing. I, I would agree if it was the swing that was kind of messed up. It's like, okay, you got to get some reps. You got to feel it in a tournament. The swing's been, I, I don't know, pretty good. Maybe not good enough to win, but but it seems like good enough if the putter's going well. So I don't know. What do you think about that, Mark? You know what, Kyle? I, I found I found the comment about the I've never you know the green speeds and and them being deceiving. I found that fascinating. Um, but there's and to use Tiger's terms, you'll hear him say, I, "I'm just getting into the flow of competition. I'm getting into the flow of the round." And when you've been playing a bunch and playing a bunch under pressure, you get that ebb and flow thing going on, and you get a sense for it. Like you saw a case study in making it through the ups and the downs out of Brooks Kepka today. Yeah. That dude made some 10-footers to keep himself alive in the biggest way. Then he yeah. made some clutch birdies in the end to keep himself a part of the thing in the biggest way. And that happens because you've sort of been in the heat of battle. You've been in the throes of the whole thing. So you you get this, you get the sense for a round of golf. Um, and, and so I, I personally believe that if he played more, more competitive golf, not at home, um, that he would – that he deal with these ups and downs in the rounds a little bit better because Tiger is the ultimate tactician in the end. And, and when he was at his very, very best, that good, that guy was good for a 10 footer, a clutch pass save. You could, you could set your wristwatch on it. So, so I think playing more often would be beneficial. We're going to see what he does on Sunday. And obviously we'll keep an eye on Tiger moving forward. But if you want to see what Tiger and everybody else is up to, CBS is your home for the PGA Championship on Sunday. We have plenty of ways for you to watch, including streaming on OTT devices through CBS All Access. You can also watch for free on cbssports.com or the CBS Sports mobile app. We'll be chatting on Sunday. Oh, yeah, we were in the live chat today we'll do it again on sunday for a few hours stop by and say hello coverage begins at 3 p.m eastern and you don't want to miss it gentlemen hey how were you guys in the live chat if you were blowing up my phone every five minutes when i was on the course what were you guys live chatting about we found out today that mark doesn't know how to put his phone on do not disturb (laughs) Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he Terrible. said, my phone's blown up. I had to turn it off. I said, Mark, hey, you put were, it on, do, not dis- do not disturb. You were with Rory, right? Uh, early. And then I was with uh, Berger and yeah, Rory, Rory texted me after his round and said, get your boy Mark under control because <laughs> his phone was all over the place. <laughs> yeah. He could hear, he could hear it buzzing. There's no fan out there. Um, all right, gentlemen, it's time. Picks to win, 18 holes to go. Our first major championship of 2020. Doug Bell, uh, I think I heard your pick on HQ, and I'm very excited to hear about it right now. I am too. <laughs> um, Kyle um, written uh, with a pick. That's okay. <laughs> That's what he does. Now, listen, at the American Express in Palm Springs, I walked with Scotty Scheffler for four days, and I was really impressed. He didn't win. He let it slide there on the final nine holes on Sunday. But I'm thinking, this guy, I, I thought he was just a long hitter like these young guys. Hit, hits it a mile, whatever. But he, he has a nice short game. Uh, and, oh, by the way, his putting, I was looking today, uh, 137 feet of putts in the third round, 339 feet of putts for the week. 
I mean, he's got his best putting of his young career. And listen, in the in the uh, let's pay tribute to Sean McKeel and Y.E. Yang, uh, Rich Beam, some of these guys who win the Wanamaker Trophy. I think Scotty Scheffler fits right into the category. Although different from those guys, this will be his first ever win. His first win is going to be a major. Scotty Scheffler hey, shocks. Hey, I love it with a big hey. one. Doug, I love that pick, but our boys here, Carl and Rick, when you hit them with two, three big putting rounds in a row, all of a sudden they start to say, well, that's not going to last. You see, look at the two of them shaking their heads like, they can't go on. It's not, it, it, I love Scotty Scheffler. I, he was my sleeper this week. I think he was, what was he, Rick? 80, 90 80, to 1? 80, yeah. He was, my, he was my sleeper because he is a great driver. He was like, he's like 11th on tour and strokes hand off the tee. But I don't know. Like, I think it would be awesome if you – I saw somebody tweeted that uh, uh, a, a young uh, former Texas player is going to win the Grand Slam someday. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a picture of Scotty Scheffler, which is we, – we don't even need to talk about speed right now. I'm, I'm, I need counseling after today's round. But uh, I, I like the pick because it, it certainly could happen. And I like that it's bold. I like that it's not just like, you know – what I'm gonna do, which is which is pick Brooks for the for the fifth time. Yeah, the the dirty little secret of putting regression is that if it happens next week, he'll have a trophy. He'll have a Wanamaker yeah. trophy in yeah. his trophy case. So we know it's coming. But if it if it lasts 18 more holes, he's all good. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is 12 to one on William Hill, so you can get that number if you like it. KP, we know you're taking Brooks. Do you want to add any context to it? Or are you good? Uh, the only context is that I kind of. I think Brooks, but I kind of want DJ. I had this thought during the round today of like the Brooks thing is funny and it's great for social media and it's, it's, it's good. It's good content. I just kind of like DJ better. Like DJ just seems like, uh, like a more, he just seems more settled in life. Like he just is like content and he's awesome at golf and he's fun to watch. And he kind of seems like he wants to win this one. Like he was kind of fist pumping on Saturday, which you don't really see that often. I just, I don't know. I just want DJ to win. Is that a weird take? Does anybody else feel like that? No, you're the only one. <laughs> you're the only, I mean, it'd be cool, I guess, but uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Brooks. Picked him before the tournament started. He's got that look. I think it would be really cool. Mark Immelman, take us home with your pick to win. I want Brooks to win because I want to win the one and done league. But I mentioned earlier, and by the way, my Fleetwood theory went bye-bye this afternoon. Um, He's T7. Uh, true. I, I, I said earlier in the show that I feel like someone's going to post. And it's going to be someone like, I see Marikawa's in the penultimate group. And I'm looking at Marikawa, and I think that's just a whisker too early. But, it's Day. It's Jason Day. Uh, you know what? I, I'm saying it's 12 under. So one of those sevens there, Marikawa, or one of those dudes get out, gets out and shoots 65, and they win. I, I think I think the story of Marikawa winning, because he's, what's he, 13th ranked player in the world. His stock is on the way up in the biggest way. He's playing just down the road from where he went to college. He's got a game that fits. I, I think the Marikawa story would be awesome. It, it really would be. Paul so, Marikawa. Marikawa, yeah. 
Kyle Markow, a friend of the pod, 11 to 1. Gentlemen, by this time tomorrow, we will have a new major champion, our first in over 380 days. Enjoy your Sunday. I want to thank Doug Bell. You can find him on Twitter at Doug Bell ESPN. Mark Immelman, you can find him at Mark underscore Immelman. Kyle Porter, you can find him at Kyle Porter CBS. I'm Rick Gaiman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.